the team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Colin Hendry, Gary Caldwell and Hugh Evans, and me to be fair, but I was going to just blame them, they've just submitted a food order here at the Drygate. We're here at Scotland HQ, live at Drygate, as we will be fairly often throughout the Euros, and uh, the food order has just gone in. Now, we're used to the McGee's pies and eating them at half-time. I cannot wait to see you lot trying to eat <laughs> fish tacos whilst we are live on air. So I've got absolutely no idea how this is going to pan out, and uh, if you'll just accept my apology, if it all goes a bit wrong, we're just a bit excited. You see, the Euros are coming up, we should be... We're relaxing, we're enjoying ourselves. You're from Motherwell. Braveheart's from Keith. Gary is from Stirling. There's only one Ouija here. And the Ouija ordered mm. chips. No, but that, that's just because you're a plain eater. I'm not having it that you, you've just... I can't believe you've just portrayed Motherwell as some sort of like exotic food haven. Well, it's just that you're not a Ouija. Chips are exotic in Motherwell. Listen, I've got to go back and probably watch Runrig for three hours, so... I can't think of many better ways I to... to eat, I have to eat quickly and sit down... <laughs> Keep quiet and watch Room Right to preview the Euros, right? 01419511025 is the number. It's, it's a bit of a blank canvas, this show. It's almost unprecedented because it's been so long since we were building up to a tournament. If you want to pick your team, you want to tell us where you're watching the game tomorrow, are you going to the game, are the kids getting to watch it in school? That's an important one as well. Or anything else that I've not thought of, please feel free. We are here until 7 o'clock and we're going to get the inside track on Czech Republic in the not-too-distant future as well. But let's bring in... Oh, there you are, Hugh. Right on cue, since you're talking about where you're from. Graham's in the drum. Oh, let's speak to Graham. How's it going, Graham? Not too bad yourself. Not bad at all. Are you excited about tomorrow, Graham? Now that it's now that it's here. Oh, no, I definitely am. One hundred percent. First of all, I can say um, I hope that Christian Eriksen is a, a speedy recovery because that yeah. was um, quite tragic to watch yesterday. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Uh, I so I'm I'm quite buzzing for this because it, it has been a long time. I, I remember getting um, took out of school early to watch France 98 and that was a long long time ago I don't even remember being at school <laughs> so I uh, it's good it's you're making good, Colin um, Henry feel great here <laughs> I know I mean I, I remember Colin Henry uh, Euro 96 as well I was watching that and I, I remember getting lobbed I know he didn't know what to talk about but that's what happens unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> that's life <laughs> so what are you thinking so, of the tomorrow yeah, so the, I'm, it was more sort of the, my team selection. I've been listening to the callers that have been on so far, um, and I'm I'm going to kind of go with. I think that if it was up to me, it would be Andy Gorham that didn't go for uh, that Scotland rather than um, Still, but I'm, 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 I'm my bet kind of David Marshall. I mean, he's he's been a stalwart even against Luxembourg. That one-handed save he pulled off for that header. That was just you're talking sort of. Uh, superhero stuff. Uh, Nathan Patterson. I'm a Rangers fan, and I've been watching Nathan Patterson standing in for James Tavernier for uh, the last sort of quarter of the season, and especially in Europe when he was, he was just uh, he's got absolutely no fear. He's a 19 year old boy, and he's absolutely zero fear going forward. I think he he needs to start. Uh, there was a guy that was on earlier on for Tory Glenn that said we need to play for a draw. I totally disagree with that. I think we need to start this off as if we are trying to become the champions of Europe here and we need to go on the front foot. Um, Billy Gilmore in the middle because, again, his sort of play in Europe, uh, Scott McTominay and John McGinn, definitely. And I would have Shea Adams and um, Lyndon Dykes up front because, again, against Luxembourg and against Holland, they were they were really, really sort of impressive. On paper, England can beat us, but on the pitch, I think that we're going to give them a scare. I honestly do. I certainly hope so. And again, that that team, I think there's a real familiarity to, to teams. It's just the odd position here and there that, that I'm noticing, isn't it? I mean, even going back to to the goalkeeper, would anyone? I think you you went Craig Gordon, Colin. If yeah, I'm yeah. Right. I went, I went the the other two guys went David Marshall. Would anyone be too upset either way? Not at all. You know, there's not clearly there's not a lot there, is there? And that, interested that you just mentioned the the save against Luxembourg because I mean, like the night after Serbia. David Marshall could have been put forward as first minister and people would have would uh -huh. have gone for it. Uh -huh. Then, as Colin rightly said, his club form and he actually came out of the Derby team a little bit and wasn't particularly great in some of the Scotland internationals that followed. So you maybe felt that then, you know, that that did 
push Craig Gordon in, into the number one spot and then David Marshall does remind you with that one save against Luxembourg yeah. what he's capable of so there's clearly not a lot between them is there? No, listen McLaughlin's a good goalkeeper as well yeah. so we're very fortunate in that regard that we've got three goalkeepers I think it'll be Marshall Colin thinks it'll be Craig Gordon mm. No I would, have, I would have had Craig Gordon but I think it's I think it's going to be Marshall because ah, right, okay. it's, like, it's like what you're selecting in relation well, to what's actually Clark going does, to be yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but if we looked at the team sheet before the game tomorrow and it was Gordon nobody would, nobody would say oh no he's a first class goalkeeper one of, one of the many mistakes that Celtic made was letting Craig Gordon go I've said you know, all week Gary I think it's it's nice to try and get the tone right because that this is an exciting time we're building up to the tournament it's, it's great it's good to have these options so you you should be able to sort of put forward the guy that you want to play without having to you know, slaughter or criticise the guy that would ultimately drop out when it's a very specific position like Nathan Patterson everybody knows then it's either Nathan Patterson or Stephen O'Donnell how do, how do you think they do stack up? I think Patterson is potentially a, a top player and, and will be Scotland's right back for, for a very long time I just think O'Donnell has the trust of the manager uh, I think defensively, this game he, he will suit this game more. I, I, I think Patterson will start potentially the England or the the Croatia game, but I think for this game, I think we need uh, a bit of defensive security, and I think O'Donnell provides that. I think all our attacking will go down the left hand side with, with Tierney and Robertson, and that combination is is dangerous. And I don't think we need to have so much of an attacking threat down the right-hand side because it might leave us a little bit vulnerable. We And by the way, this doesn't necessarily apply to, to Patterson and, and O'Donnell. I'm, I'm speaking more generally because Nathan Patterson is actually quite tall. He's, he's, he's taller than people might expect. I was watching some clips of him training and so on. And, and yeah, he's, he's, he's taller, certainly, foot, huh? certainly taller than I thought. Um, but something you said at the break earlier, and I wonder if it's easy for dafties like me who've not been involved in the game at a high level or fans to, to maybe overlook. We just kind of pick our favourite players or, or the guys that, that we just think are, are the best. But when you're Stevie Clark and you're putting a game plan together, how important are set pieces, for instance? Because you're going to need... You will know that Czech Republic are very good at it and you might need X amount of players who who can help you. And, th- and that, might, that might be... You know, we keep hearing that Adams and Dykes, that's attacking, we need to go for it. But actually, having Lyndon Dykes alongside Shea Adams, rather than Ryan Fraser off him, gives you an extra six inches to, to defend set pieces. Without a doubt, it's a massive aspect that I think, you know, is easy to overlook when you're just picking a team off, off the top of your head. Uh, and, and you have to take that in consideration. I'm, I remember an old Firm game uh, once where Gordon Strachan picked... A, a team of midgets as he used to call it and we left three people up the park and they played the only place we could get hurt we felt was the edge of the box but we kind of sometimes when you're setting up defensive set pieces you accept you might be vulnerable in a certain area but you allow that and Pedro Mendes scored an outrageous goal for the edge of the box and and we got done and and he got done by by picking a team with with Maloney, McGeady can't remember McDonald, I think. You know, like small players, great players, but ultimately we left ourselves short for a set piece, conceded a goal and lost the game. And that is the fine margins, especially at tournaments like mm. this, that is going to decide games and we have to get that right. Uh, absolutely. Graham, what what are the plans for tomorrow? You we hit the previous caller, he's taking the full week off work. I don't know if you've gone to those lengths. What are the plans? No, sir, I um I'm in the army and I worked in England, so like, I'd say maybe sixty percent of my pals are England supporters, so I've already told my work that I'm finishing at half one, regardless of what we're doing, and uh, they <laughs> mean until maybe Wednesday if we win, so the, it's just a case of, I'm quite good at hiding them in the army, so I'm quite good at camouflaging, so they'll not find me. Anyway. <laughs> Get the full camo on, he's going to sneak off and watch the game, right. Graham. it was great to hear from you, hopefully you do enjoy it, Graham. We said it before, Colin, it's been said a lot this week, but I don't, I don't think it can be overstated for the full generation of people who either can't remember France 98 at all, or have got you know kind of hazy memory of it. Just uh, apologies if you've been asked so many times this week, but I, I can't let you go without it. What on earth was it like to lead your country out against Brazil in the opening game of World Cup? Um, that that's really the the cherry on top of the icing on the cake. Um, just to play for your country was remarkable for me because I never even thought I'd become a professional footballer 
for the healings and all that, it's like you wouldn't have met a lot of people who were considered to be professional footballers or even get into that industry. So yeah, that was a dream come true. That was the first dream. The second dream was scoring a goal in, the world in, a, in a cup final at Wembley, which was only the full members cup for Blackburn Rovers. That said, all Scotland, a Scotsman scoring a winning goal in the cup final at Wembley is no bad. Um, getting selected for your country and then, of course, captaining your country and then, of course, ridiculously, as it, as it, haul, as it falls out, the draw... Walking mm-hmm. out against Brazil in '98, and you know, just watching all that reruns this week. Um, for every time I've seen the Gaza goal, I've seen me walking yeah. out at um, France, so I'm delighted with that. And it's just something that's really difficult to put into words at times. So, you're trying to tell me that leading your country out against Brazil at the World Cup was better than starring in the Delamitri video and doing the keepy uppies at Presswick Airport? Yes, because whoever thought of Giving us that, don't come. Don't, I mean, go, don't come home too soon. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Was, was that a record keeping ups call? It was for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, in fact, um, it, we, we did a skit of the Brazil one there for the Nike, yeah, the Nike, Nike advert, so we did that. But no, listen, your domestic football, your bread and butter, week in, week out, winning things, winning trophies, great. But to play for your country and just even this week, the build up, although I live in England. Um, it's been phenomenal because tuning into everything in Scotland, seeing what's going on, and it's been the first time for a long, long time. I read your column this morning in the newspaper, and yeah. the, the story about getting loads of stick about Gascoigne mm. and that goal, and you then put up a photograph of you, yeah. Blackburn Rovers player, with the league championship yeah. trophy. It's a Gascoigne get one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, for as much as stick as I get, you're right. I always play up to it. I never, I never diss it or anything like. You know, you're better being like that. So certainly in social media. So just now and again. But I'm getting a bit fed up because I've got to stick the picture up. But <laughs> that's what it is. See, see, with moments like that, this is how I feel about my career. And you were there. You, you had, yeah. You had Gaza bearing down in you. Nobody else knows what you felt, what that felt like, and you lived mm. that moment. And mm. whether it goes good or bad for me. I would rather live that moment than, than not. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think, I might have said earlier, that, you know, I could have taken him out. I could have took the red card. We're getting beat 1-0 anyway. 2-0, as it was, didn't make a big mm-hmm. difference because we still had to go into the last game and win by a few more goals. And, I mean, England did us a favour by putting four past Holland, but I blame Seaman because... He's let one through his legs, and Clive I've got to be, Clive, uh, yeah. and I've got to watch what I say here because, <laughs> <laughs> said, anyway, semen and legs. Can't and swear yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Anyway. Listen, not people, past the time yet. No, no, no it's uh, <laughs> people still go water, on. The watershed's not here. Yeah. People still go on about Pearl Stewart Armstrong. We were two one up. Oh, look, hold on, I'm going to nip this in the bud. This this show started positively. We're now talking about. Stuart Armstrong and Delamitri. De- I, I never mentioned Delamitri, by the way. That was me, to be fair. That was my fault. Um, what, what, how did the kilts come about at the, the opening ceremony? Idea um, from within the, the, the staff, really. and So kind of non-playing that, that, staff? Or? It'd be muted amongst us all, to mm-hmm. be fair. But when you make a suggestion and then you transfer it into something that actually happens, because it was, it was, it was quite a stunt. If I'm mm-hmm. being, you know, for, you mean, up, we're walking out and everybody's like, whoa, what's going on here, sort of thing. And it's a national dress, so it's could not get better than that. Where did and you it, all get measured for the kilts and what have you? Because the reason I ask is you couldn't possibly get away with that now. 23 years on, social media, the minute you went in anywhere to get measured for the kilt and all the rest of it, someone would have taken your photo and it would have been yeah. all the oh, papers yes, the yeah, following yeah. day. It stayed a yeah. secret, didn't it? And, it, and, it, and yeah. it went down a storm. Yeah, they came They came to um, the hotel and we all got measured mm-hmm. up at the one time in, pri- in private. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to round this section off, obviously you've got to ask you about Ronaldo. What was that like? Ronnie was quiet on the day. Yeah, he did take me doing their, their attacking right-hand side <laughs> um, uh, once. And I did what every centre-half shouldn't do, is turn your back on him, <laughs> but I did. And he's, his shot struck, well, it went past the far, uh, Jim Leighton's far, uh, far post. Um, and really, other than that, he didn't have much to do. He didn't well, mo- how much was that? Did that dominate the, the build-up? Because you're talking about the best player in the world at that point. Now, of course, the tournament ends and, and then it's kind of Zidane and, and he maybe took up. But going into that tournament, it's all about him. And you know you're job is to try and stop him in a month's time two weeks time a week's time a couple of days time what was it like the build up I mean I'm not I'm not 
decrying exactly what I was involved in, but it's just another game. Yeah. You know, you're professional, you're you're in amongst organising things, tactics, training, going through everything the way Craig Brown would do, fine tooth comb it. Um and just prepare yourself and but then you look at the players that you play against week in, week out and you think how much better can he be than an Alan Shearer or, mm-hmm. or an Andy Cole or a Les Ferdinand or and, and yeah. England had an abundance of strikers that were all scoring goals around that time. Um, and you're, you're just thinking, how better can he be? Mm-hmm. Did you swap shirts or keep your own? No, I got drug tested at the end of it. I got dragged in on the drug test. So I didn't get a chance, <sighs> no. Were the boys all fighting over Ronaldo? I think John, John Collins got the shirt. Um, <sighs> but luckily for me, I was going from Mizuno to Nike the year after on a contract. And Nike provided me with, I think it was about eight jerseys. And the, we took two or three young lads along with us today, the, the boots and the kit and everyone to help out Huey Allen. And the lads got the shirt signed for me prior to the game. So I gave the two lads a shirt each and oh, I kept the six wow. shirts. So, and charity, charity, he's using for charity. Yeah. Brilliant. I'll wait and see what he's brought us during the next break. And look, the fish tacos have arrived as well. You so we better, we better take a breather, but there's still another hour for you to get your calls in. 01419511025. And we're going to catch up with a, a man who knows all about Scottish and Czech Republic football. So we'll do that next. The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Forget Colin Hendry winning the English Premier League. Forget Gary Caldwell starring for his country 55 times and playing in the Champions League. Forget Hugh Keevan's long and illustrious career on this programme. Their greatest collective achievement was polishing off those tacos during a four-minute <laughs> ad break. Not a crumb left in sight here at Drygate. We're here at Scotland HQ doing the show live from here. Just a bit of an extra atmosphere to get us in the mood ahead of the next couple of weeks. Just a normal phone in as far as you guys go though. 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Now we are very soon going to speak to Thomas Cherney, a name that you guys will know well I'm sure, having played for the likes of Hamilton Ackies, Partick Thistle, Aberdeen. He's going to give us the inside track on what to expect from the Czech Republic tomorrow. Before we do that though, Let's speak. Oh, and here, by the way, not not to not to instantly downgrade Thomas Cherney, but oh. we're we're going to hear from the main man, hot off the press, as you would say, Hugh Evans. Mm. Stevie Clark has just finished his pre-match press conference, his final one ahead of Czech Republic, and I will let you hear from him very soon. But before that, CJ is in Solcoats. CJ, you are Stevie Clark's warm-up act. Hope that's all right with you. <laughs> no pressure there, then. How you doing, guys? You all right? Good, how are you? Good. And you're, you're from the same part of the world as him as well, so you're all right. We're in good company. I know it's a small world, team. We've got all the guys first you're on today. <laughs> Absolutely. What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow? Excited? Uh, very excited. Yeah, Qu- uh, quietly optimistic. I'll say. I've just been listening to previous calls there, and then um, obviously talking about the the starting lineup for tomorrow's game. And I've been racking my brains thinking, well, with my starting eleven being, it's I suppose a really good situation to be in. Listening for the justification for each player and what position to be in where we've got such a uh, depth and breadth to the squad that you're really trying to pick um, a start of the living. I think what we need to do is um, I don't think Gilmore, uh, Patterson will start against the uh, Czech Republic tomorrow uh, but what a couple of players to have on the bench like you said before is a couple of impact subs. Um, but I think if we get a win against Czech Republic tomorrow night, uh, or tomorrow afternoon rather, which is entirely doable, I think certainly if we look forward to the, the England games and the Croatia games, definitely get them into the, the start of the living. They'll absolutely relish the opportunity to go and prove themselves, uh, and it'll just give that a little bit extra, um, hopefully with three points in the bag. You know, a draw, a draw could be enough to get us through. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone agrees that well, need is a, needs a strong word, but you're really looking to win the game tomorrow. Obviously, it gets you off to a great start. But the nature of the Euros, Colin, is that, and with these best third place finishes, hope I'm not speaking too soon, you, you should still have something to play for, you know, going into all the games. And th- th- there might be scope there that, it, you know, if it, if it doesn't quite go to plan tomorrow, that all of a sudden, you know, Gilmore's pitched in and Patterson is pitched in and we try something completely different. The, mm-hmm. the tournament lends itself to all the games mattering. Well, you've touched on a big thing. I mean, third place, you know, it's, there's so many of that positions mm-hmm. up for grabs. Um, but I just I just think that you can't, you can't give too much away. But at the same time, for me, 
the first game yep. is a bit of a must. Well, it's a must must win for me um, yep. because if you look at the in the past and the tournaments in the past and especially the last time, you mean after the first game against Brazil, we're out virtually. Yep. You know, because you've got to go and really go and beat Norway. Mm-hmm. I mean, then if you drew with Norway, should have beat Norway. Um, and then you're into the game against the minnow or the, the so-called minnows in Morocco, and of course everybody knows what happened there. But yeah, it's a, it's a balance, and you've got to give full mm-hmm. respect and credibility to the manager because he'll be selecting on can we get in about can we see something a chink in their armour in order to exploit it, uh, but at the same time just be difficult to beat. For yeah. the fans, perceptions important. If we win tomorrow, this country oh. goes haywire mm-hmm. until Friday. Um, so not to win tomorrow has the opposite effect. It has the effect of people saying, oh, here we go again. And I think if, if, if we lose, you, I think that's the thing. We yeah. can't lose. That's, mm-hmm. the, yeah. that's essential. But that, that doesn't happen. Oh. You know, uh, you know the, no one in um, France, in Paris, 98, no one expected us to beat Brazil. Uh, and, you know, we, we were done in by a moment of bad luck, not by a moment of bad play. Uh, but tomorrow, I think the perception is we can beat the Czech Republic. It's at Hamden. It is that emotional groundswell of the 23-year exile from the major tournaments. People will have difficulty getting to sleep tonight. And I'm not talking about Stevie Clark in the camp. So I think tomorrow is all important. A win a win, a win. I mean, Gary, the goal you scored against France at Hamden, I, I, I guess I'm not going to need to tell you how special a place it can be. It's obviously not going to be the same. It's a tournament feel for a start, so you, you don't have the same you know, vast majority of fans and, of course, we're limited numbers-wise. However, is there still a big advantage for us? What, what is that? Is it just the familiarity of the surrounding? Can that genuinely help a player? I think so, yeah. I think, obviously, if it was full, it would be a massive uh kind of positive for us but I think we know the stadium we know the drive in and that feeling of familiarity will help when I drove I was there today and seen all the Euro you know banners and that it, it gives you that feeling of, of the tournament uh, and, and I agree with you to an extent we're at home there, there's expectation on us and we have to go and deliver that to, to, to bring the nation with us and, and that is the only way we're going to get through is if we get this momentum from the first game. If if we don't, if we lose the first game, and and the kind of the the feeling is is downbeat going down to London, then it's going to be a, a long, uh, long hard slog. CJ, hang on the line because you and every other caller almost like you has been debating the team selection. That's the great debate that you have in the lead up to a big game. Here is what the manager Stevie Clark has to say the final time we will hear from him before tomorrow's big game. As you would expect, a difficult selection process. Uh, 26 players all doing their best in training. Really high level of training. All done. A lot of them have done well for me before in international games. So, yeah, difficult decisions, but that's what I'm paid to do is make them. And I think both teams will have slightly different personnel. The Czech Republic were missing a few in that October game, we were missing a few. So different personnel, two teams probably playing similar formations, but obviously with the, with the excitement of the first game of a major tournament, it, it could be a totally different game. But we'll just have to wait and see how it, how it transpires tomorrow. Just one clip of a long press conference, Hugh. Oh. I know you, you like to focus on the words and sometimes look at what was said and, and take the meanings from them. He made a point of mentioning guys that have done well for him in previous international games. Uh-huh. He's a great pragmatist, Stevie Clark, when he said they are difficult decisions, but that's what I'm paid to do. So that's the only way he looks at it. Mm. He will, there'll be no sentimentality. There will be no emotion other than which of these guys will get yeah. me through that game. And that will be reflected in his team selection tomorrow. It won't be dependent upon age, who you play for, because people keep going back to Stephen O'Donnellton. He only plays for Motherwell. Patterson plays for Rangers, and so on and so forth. None of that will come into Steve Clark's thinking. Uh, CJ, we've had a good bit of fun with this all weekend today, just asking, you know, who's the first name in the team sheet? Who's the one name that needs to be there above all else? Who, who do you think Scotland's main man is? Again, tough one, but can't see past John McGinn. Yep. What in particular? Can't see past John McGinn. 
just the goals and stuff that he brings in a, in a Scotland team driving force? Sorry, yeah, I just think he's consistently good for Scotland. Um, you know, he's got that little bit of flair. Um, he's every chance. He, he can go someday, create a chance out of nothing. Um, what's he got? I think about 33 caps and he's in double, I think double figure goals for Scotland. Yep. Um, it's just solid, consistent, uh, and always a chance to get a goal from him as well. I mean, calling for fans of my age and, and older as well, but that's that, that sample size. You embodied what. You know, a real burning desire to do well for your country. Do you recognise that in John McGinn? Oh yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, <clears throat> he's, you know, with well, he's cap, your captain Scotland, if, uh, if Andy or you know whoever decides, yep. he, he's that ilk. Um, but he, he's, he can be the difference. He can be the difference between drawing a game and winning it, or losing the game and getting a draw out of it. That he's that important, and I'm not taking away. If, the fact that you've got Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson doing the left and two left backs and just so happen we've got two f- phenomenal footballers in that position. But John McGinn in his position would be more, he'd have a bigger say, I think, than, yeah. than, than, when, than any fullback position. When you go back to 98, you could count on more than one hand the, the big characters, yeah. yourself included, McCoyst, McAllister, big, big characters, personalities. I think McGinn is beginning to appreciate his role as a big personality within that group, and uh, you know. You see, he does it for club and country. Yeah, Hugh, this is this is the thing. You know, he might be able to do it, and a lot of players do are able to do it for their for their clubs. But when you get to the bigger stage, it's just like you, they just fall into alike uh-huh. players being alike to each other. But he is he is that little even off the park all the players when you hear them talking yep. he's the joker uh-huh. the ringleader and and everything that's going on he's the heartbeat it feels like you know off the park as much as he is on the park I think that's just as important at a major finals I feel like he's all, and I feel like he's embracing that as well you know that one thing that the, the gap between tournaments is so long that now you know this is a social media age tournament where you're constantly getting content from the camp it's videos and it's tweets and it's Instagram and it's live feeds and all the rest of it so you're getting a real sense of, of what's going on and it feels like he's playing up to it not not in a bad way it feels uh-huh. like he's actually enjoying that role as chief banter provider for the squad if that, you know you need that you really do you know you, you can be uh, uh, an Andy Robertson who's slightly more withdrawn in terms of personality uh, T, uh, McTominay uh, you know who doesn't bring himself to the forefront but McGinn, whether it's being a Glasgow boy, whatever, but he's reveling in it all now. And mm. as Colin said, what he does for Villa, along with Jack Grealish, you know, I'm quite sure he's been winding up Grealish for a long time. I can only now. imagine, Hugh, th- their phones, the banter between <laughs> yeah. them two at this yeah. moment in time, yeah. especially after Grealish and they started today. Yeah. You know, next week, oh, you can't even, you, I can just see it now, you're not good enough to get a game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, McGinn will be saying to him, yeah. you know. Stuff like that. No, it's been interesting. Certainly the build-up's been great. Uh, CJ, thank you very much. It was great to hear from you. Hopefully you enjoy tomorrow and we get a result as well. Now, I did say I was going to give you the inside track on Czech Republic, but with a, a familiar Scottish name as well, or a name that we're familiar with in Scotland, I'm delighted to say Thomas Cherney joins us on the line. You'll know him as playing for Hamilton Ackies and Partick Thistle and Aberdeen, amongst others. But he is, of course, from the Czech Republic. Thomas, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Good evening, guys. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm very, very well. Thank you. Good stuff. How much are you looking forward to tomorrow? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's such a, such a unique game for myself and for my family, of course, both in Scotland and back in the Czech Republic. And to have, you know, the two countries that are closest to my heart playing each other in the major tournament in Glasgow, it's, it's a very, very special occasion. So really, really excited. I mean, Thomas, there's a little bit of the accent starting to come through. I'm sure that's been pointed out to you before. How much, where are the loyalties? Is it, a, is it an 80-20 split? Have you got a bit of room for Scotland in your heart tomorrow? No, of course. These games are always difficult for me because naturally I want both countries to do really well in the tournament. And, um, you know, I would like nothing more in Scotland getting out of the group and, and, and having a great, you know, great tournament. But, of course, uh, if it's at the expense of the Czech Republic, uh, that would not make me happy. So I think tomorrow, obviously, 
I would like Czech Republic to win the game and I will support Czech Republic. Don't know what the rest of my Scottish family will do. Probably not. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, sorry, sorry if I'm being too yeah. nosy. So what, what, what yeah. is the makeup then? So you do, you, you do have Scottish family, yeah? Yeah, well, my wife is Scottish, um, originally from Kilmarnock, and then my two children, uh, Luca and Ellie, were both uh, born in Scotland, obviously, have been, you know, growing up in Scotland. Um, so, uh, they, so they'll they be supporting will, Scotland? They'll be more towards, I'm trying to get Luca on, on, on board with the Czech Republic, and, and the Bavarian kilts tomorrow, and Czech steps, so... He's a bit reluctant about putting a Czech flag on his face. That, that, that I'm still working on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll be pretty much split. And as I said, um, my ideal kind of scenario would be Czech Republic winning tomorrow, then Scotland go down to Wembley, pump England, <laughs> and getting out of the group. You know, that that's my ideal happy scenario. But I, I realise it. Gonna be very tough, you know. The game tomorrow. You know what, is, I would, I would important. settle for that as well. As much as I want to yeah. win tomorrow, I would settle for that. Um, tell yeah. us a bit about Czech Republic. Then I suppose the good thing is we we do know a bit about Czech Republic. We've mm. played them twice recently, and won both games. However, I guess those head to heads. Did the Czech Republic feel a little bit aggrieved because the first time they had COVID problems, and the second time at Hamden, I know we won the game, but Czech Republic missed some unbelievable chances, didn't they? Yeah, I think, well, overall, I think in the last, let's say, 10 years, there's been so many games between the two countries, whether it was qualifiers, friendlies, and, and so on. Um, there's never been much in between. You know, the teams is usually like one one goal wins it, you know, or the draw. And yeah, as you said, the last two games were uh, very significantly influenced by, by COVID. The first one in Olomouc where the, you know, the Czechs had pretty much, you know, no one single player from the kind of first, team squad were available so and and I think the one in Glasgow the manager couldn't travel uh, because of COVID um, so there have been a you know, few issues there um, so it's hard to probably judge based on those last two games but based on you know kind of games in the recent years uh, you would expect a very kind of tight game um, and uh, I don't see many goals really the way Scotland are you know Scotland are set up at the moment and and Czech Republic uh, Probably lacking, you know, the quality we used to have. Um, you know, I expect tight game. What are the main strengths and weaknesses of this Czech Republic team? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, obviously, zero strength is quite balanced team, I would say. But there's, apart from, you know, maybe Tomas Socek, uh, there's nobody really standing out that much. Um, in terms of you know the level they're playing at and and the the performances, uh, well not at least not in the way that you know in the past we had Nedved and and you know players like that yeah. Rosicky yeah, and Barosh and so on. So I don't think we have any players like that uh, at the moment. Uh, but relatively well balanced team and midfield should be you know pretty strong. I think the the weakest point at the moment I think. Uh, is our centre backs um, where we had a couple of injuries? Um, there's obviously Kudelas missing as the most experienced player, and there is a couple of players who've been well out of form. So um, it looks like Kalas and Chaluska should be should be back fit for the game tomorrow, and uh, so let's hope they'll be in a in a you know good enough form to, to play well. And who would be who would be Scotland's main threat? Who do you think the Czech Republic camp will be wary of or, or trying their best to stop? Well, for me, is that John McGinn coming through midfield, um, and obviously he's got a good goal scoring you know record for Scotland, and so that's definitely one um, I would be you know wary of and 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 I would be preparing for. Um, in terms of. You know, I would say that as a biggest threat because especially when you maybe manage to cover your strikers and then if somebody like him makes it, makes it into the box often enough and he's more than capable of scoring goals, yeah, I think that that, that I think that would be a, a that could be a big threat for for the Czechs. And obviously, I'll be well well aware of you know the the you know the, the, the big players like Andy Robertson, Keenan Turner, and and but yeah. For me personally, probably John McGinn. 
Great stuff, Thomas. It was lovely to speak to you. Hopefully you enjoy your day tomorrow, just hopefully not too much, if you don't mind me saying, all right? <laughs> no worries, no worries at all. Have a, have a good evening. Good man, Andrew. That was Thomas Cherney, former Aberdeen Partick Thistle Hamilton Aki's goalkeeper from the Czech Republic. His kids are Scottish. It's all going to be kicking off in that house tomorrow. 01419511025. Now, we keep talking about people who don't remember Scotland at the last tournament. I'm going to make you feel very old, Colin Hendry, and I'm certainly going to make you feel old, Hugh Keevan. That's easy. Our next caller is nine years old, and we'll be oh. speaking to Finn after these. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'm going to do these lot in age order just so that it highlights the, the next caller and how much we're looking forward to speaking to Finn. So Gary Caldwell now retired. We're working our way up to Colin Hendry. You know the story, the last man to lead Scotland out of a major tournament. Hugh Keevans, the grandfather of this show. Uh, Gary Caldwell's amazed to learn during the break that he can't drive. He's been, he's been <laughs> arranging his lift home uh, during the break. Now Finn is nine years old. Finn, how's it going? Uh, good. How excited are you for tomorrow? Um, really excited. What school do you go to? Um, I go to St Stephen's Primary um, in Coatesbridge. And what are the plans? Are you getting allowed to watch the game in class? Uh, yeah, we're getting to watch it in class and also we're going to be able to get to um, wear Scotland strips. Oh, lovely. What's your teacher's name? Um, Miss Hamill. Miss Hamill must be very understanding, Hugh. We had a few during the week. We had a lot of teachers on saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. We've not had the official word yet. But but this truly is what it's all about. This is about a generation of children who've never even come close to seeing us at a finals before. And, yeah, I know that not everyone's into football, but this, it's a massive day tomorrow. Yeah, I've got two in uh, primary school uh, in Bearsden, Reuben and Noah, five and seven. Uh, I mean, football, I mean, I, I could talk to them about France in 98, but they, they look at me as if I was daft. Uh, but they are watching it in school tomorrow, and then at half time, they come back down the road, uh, they'll watch it there. As I say, my uh, one of my grandsons uh, uh, lives in Brighton, he'll be watching it, and he'll have his Scotland kit on. The, the only Scot in the village. <laughs> uh, so it's that kind of thing. When Colin and I were in St Etienne that night, we thought it would go on forever. We'd been everywhere since 74 to 98, and we thought it would go on forever. And then we were sent homeward to think again for 23 years. Yeah, it was quite a while. I mean, I was thinking, so Finn would have been born round about the Euros in Poland and Ukraine. Were you, you born in 2012, Finn? Um, I was born in 2011. Ah right, just oh there you you were an experienced football fan by then. But seriously, that's how far we're going back here, not far at all. Do you have a favourite Scotland player, Finn? Uh, yeah, Kieran Tierney. Ah, wise choice. What do you like about him? Um, he's just a good player, and yeah, he's a good player. He, he certainly is. I don't think anyone uh, will argue with that. Yari, his story's a, a brilliant one, you know, in terms of his. The trajectory, if, if you're Celtic, it's kind of what you're looking for from an, you know, an academy. You talk about the, the point of it. Well, bring someone through, helps you win all these things, and then you move them on for £25 million, goes to Arsenal. He still seems to be going that way. Is he now at a level where, where it might not even need a good Euros, but a good Euros might see him go again, kick on again after this? Yeah, I think so. I think he's proven... He had injury troubles when he first went down, but this season he, he's proven he can play at that level... Uh, comfortably and, and he's actually been one of their best players I think the benefit for Scotland is he's playing left side of a back three uh, and, and getting coached that day in day out playing it week in week out and that's actually I think improved his performances for Scotland which which has been a big help but a massive admirer of him uh, you know not just his quality I think he's you know the intensity and the passion that he plays with is, is there every game uh, and he's one of our key players without a doubt I mean Colin you spent lots of your career down there and you're saying you still live down there how good is it mm. to see guys like him and, and John McGinn and Andy Roberts and others who really go down and and thrive down there and, and maybe shut some people up well it's a nice stream of players that you, you've got to include McTominay as well because I've got loads of friends on loads of different WhatsApp groups in England who are all Man United Arsenal Chelsea Man City fans mm -hmm. 
and one in particular is an Arsenal fan, and he said, "How how good is Kieran Tierney?" And and I said, "Just watch him go, you know." And and it, just backing up what Gary said, um, he's gone from strength to strength, and you don't know, but maybe one of the bigger clubs. I'm not saying Arsenal's not a big club, yeah. but they were a big club. Um, they're not at this minute in time. They've had a totally indifferent season, um, and somebody one of the bigger clubs might say, "Listen." We might sign him or try to sign him, sort of thing. But you've got to—I mean, you've got to—can't miss out. Andy, what he's done at Liverpool, John McGinn, we've touched on McTominay as well as probably United's best player in the cup final. They lost to Villarreal, so they're all doing really, really well, and it's—it's it's come at a good time. Right, Finn, what's the score going to be tomorrow? Um, I'll, I'm going to say probably—I—I well, hopefully, um, in two 0 or two one to Scotland. Brilliant. That sounds good to me, Finn. Thank you for joining us. Just nine years old. Think about the number of young kids out there tomorrow. What a buzz it's going to be watching Scotland back at a major tournament. Thanks again to Finn 01419511025 on the phones. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Don't forget, every caller that makes it on air will go into a draw to win a retro Scotland shirt from Greaves Sports. Every night, Scotland are still in the Euros. If Finn comes out the draw, we're going to need to hope that they do small sizes, I assume. Unless he's the world's largest nine-year-old. I don't know. I was 62 when Finn was born. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, that is uh, quite something. Let's hear a bit more from Stevie Clark and see what he had to say. I think when you qualify for the first time in 23 years, you, you probably feel a little bit less pressure. Uh, we've done well to be in the tournament. We're looking forward to it. We're going to go there. We're going to give our best. We're going to give our all in every single game. And we're going to try and make the next step to the to the knockout stages, which would be a first for the for the men's A national team. So that's what we're going to try and do. Now I'm good. I, I try to keep the games for what they are. Is a game, so I always prepare the same way for games. I've been quite methodical throughout my career, approaching matches. So I try to follow the same process uh, through the training, same process through through the team meetings that we have, and I'll follow the same process tomorrow. And hopefully that's enough to get us. Off to a good start in the tournament. He sounds calm. He said, I mean, I don't feel calm, so goodness knows how he's managing to be calm about it. What's the night before like, Colin? Um, it's a wee bit different. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I mean, um, where are the guys staying at? They'll, 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 be, they'll, be, they'll be local, aren't I was just going to ask. I actually can't remember. So they obviously Mar they were down at Rockcliffe and they, they came up. Mar Hall. Um, Mar Hall, is it? It might well be. I know that was a favourite yeah. under Gordon Strachan, wasn't it? But so they've so they've been in their base base camp and they've made the trip for the for the first game. Um, obviously, been at, at uh, Hamden, and it's when maybe the nerves started kicking a wee bit. You know, you're travelling up as soon as you change things change a little bit. You've got your one night tour starts tomorrow. Um, they'll be excited, you know. They'll be looking forward to it. I was thinking back, Colin. 74, Willie Ormond, an, an unassuming man. St Johnston was the club that he managed and he got us to the, the World Cup. Big Joe helped with the goal against Czechoslovakia, but Willie Ormond, Stevie Clark strikes me as that type. Unassuming, not a Steen, not a Roxburgh, not a Brown, not an Alec Ferguson, but kind of, he's worked beside some of the great names uh, half, yeah. Sir Bobby <coughs> Robson uh, Kenny Dalglish Mourinho Mourinho uh, but now is his time to walk into the spotlight he's not Mourinho's assistant he's not Sir Bobby's assistant he's not Kenny Dalglish's assistant he's it tomorrow is really and truly a man in his own right because he got us there and you know he, he can come across as a kind of doer individual but they tell me that he's been Lightening up of late, uh, but some might say you've been lightening up of late as well. I, it took me a decade or three, <laughs> but uh, you know it's his time tomorrow, and it's their time tomorrow. You know we've heard all of the stories. I'll take you back to anywhere you like from '74 until today, but tomorrow it's their time, their honour to be there, their responsibility, their burden to carry, but. Seize the day. I think what you—it's—it's it's not a burden. Eh? It's the, the luckiest eleven no. people in the world, in my opinion, and and Steve Clark and the staff uh, that they get that opportunity to go and play. And and I think Colin said it earlier. 
just go and play. Mm. You know, like don't play with any fear. Have no regrets. Yes, you might make a mistake in the game, but go and play. And if we have 11 players that go out and, and play with that freedom, then I, I fully believe we will get a positive result. Let's go back to the phones and bring in Ian, who's in the Isle of Skye. Lovely at this time of year, I'm sure. Ian, what are your thoughts ahead of tomorrow? Hi, guys. It's uh, great to be on. Um, really, just there's not been a lot of chat about Stuart Armstrong. And I just really wanted to get the thoughts of the panel. Um, I just I feel he's definitely a player, um, one of the unique players in the squad that can play between the lines. Uh, I thought he was brilliant against Holland the other night as well. Um, there hasn't been a lot of discussion now. He might not start tomorrow, but I, I just think he's the dark horse in the squad in terms of you know just opening the game up a bit for us and really just to see what you guys thought about that. It's a great great point. Again, mentioned that. So what it took us an hour and a half for someone to bring up Ryan Fraser. Oh. It's now taken two and a half hours for someone to mention Stuart, Ro- uh, Stuart Armstrong, who's had a very good season at a brilliant level, has done it for Scotland before, has done it for Celtic. It's a great option. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's he's a specific type of midfield player. He said about receiving between lines, and and I agree with that. He, he would play in one of the higher midfield positions, where where John McGinn will will definitely play. So it's probably him and Christie if we go with the box in midfield. It's it's the position as as him or Christie to to fill that. And I think the only thing I would say is at, at times I think. He, he is he is so specific that defensively he might go a little bit missing and I think that could could go against him especially in this game but without a doubt I could see him playing against you know Croatia maybe later on in the group when, when we really need to go and get a result because he does give us something different going forward yeah I mean the, as you say Gordon we'll be here two and a half hours and no one's messaged you after, other than uh, a missed kick of the ball against England and that uh, was you but, that was your fault but uh, you know it's just part of the story. We have strength in depth, more than we have had for a long number of years. And if again, if Armstrong's name was on the, the starting 11 tomorrow, no one would say, what is he playing at, Steve Clark? So we are in a fortunate position. But as Steve Clark said earlier on, that's his headache and that's what he gets paid to sort out. He's another one, Colin. He's had a good season. Oh, a great season. Um, and you know what? He'll probably start now. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Ian's you know, got the inside track and he's just bringing it up at the right time. Who knows? Ian, Plus, quite possibly, is he there? Ian, can I ask you which part of the yellow sky are you from? Uh, from Portree. I live in, live in Glasgow now, but originally from Portree. So um, well, I think uh, I can remember as a kid being, I was in primary seven, so we, we, we got the day off. And I just remember the, the whole town basically being off for the full day. Um, my dad rolling out the pub um, for France '98, so um, I just I'm I'm really excited. Also, like you mentioned, you know, I'm really really I'm a teacher, so it's a really proud moment to see like a former pupil and Andy Robertson, you know, leading the team out tomorrow. Um, I had him for his final year of school as his PE teacher, and um, he's just he's a, a magnificent uh, person. He really is, and I think he's he's been key to just you know for things just to gel a little bit mm. for the squad. I think you can see that as a there's a real togetherness, um, which I think um, I think is going to make the difference. Well, forgive, I for, I sorry, I Hugh, I was just wanting to ask Ian on that. Forgive me for getting you know kind of too misty eyed. Andy Robertson's a role model for everyone, I think. But having uh, at that local level, see for for schools for communities to be able to hold up an Andy Robertson and say, look at this, he, he used to be here and, and now he's leading his country out of the Euros. I told the story on Friday. I was doing like a kind of Zoom call with a local primary school with David Turnbull and Stephen O'Donnell, and the kids were just in awe of you know, guys from their part of the world were, were going to be going to the Euros. How, how important is that, Ian? You, you will know all about young people at schools, and how important can tomorrow be? It's it's huge. It's that it's it's not it's it's beyond football for me. I think it's just I think looking at the last eighteen months and the way the lockdown's been, I just think in terms of a cultural. Thing. Uh, I think it's it's absolutely massive that, that schools show the game. I think the biggest difficulty we've got is COVID itself in schools, but I think there's no reason why, if they're in the classes anyway, they can't be showing the games. And I think I would be pushing any teachers listening in to just show the game, you know, and, and the kids will, you just never know, we might have another Billy Gilmore or Patterson that just just have that kind of source of inspiration there when they watch the game and think, you know, this, this is for me. And because you know, I, I've been an avid Scotland fan for years, um, but for a long time, there's I've been a lot of people that have been switched off by it because of 
the lack of success. And I really think this is a platform we need, you know, going forward. Ian, I hope my wife's listening. She'll be dissolved in tears by this time because <laughs> she is from she is from Portree in the Isle of Skye. There you are. Like, I like that. It's a small world, as they say. Thank you very much, Ian. Hopefully you enjoy your day tomorrow. Now, don't forget, every night this week, we're going to end the show. We've been doing it all week, and it's been brilliant. had great fun doing it. Going to end the show with a Scotland song to get us in the mood for the Euros. You've all been sending your suggestions in. What, what, a, what a list we've had with the GBX, with the LaFontaines, Scott and the Egypts, remember them? <laughs> Papa Shandy, some brilliant names. Uh, we had a brilliant poem on Friday as well. Tonight's is going to be Bonnie Scotland by the Purple Doves. And uh, we will finish off our pre-match build-up and end the show with the Purple Doves night. Scottish football's lead leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The final part of our big Euro preview show can barely believe we're saying that. This has been a long, long time coming and uh, it feels great to be on the eve of Scotland playing at the Euros. If you're interested in the other games, by the way, and we've, we've maybe not mentioned it as much as we should have because it's been a cracking game. Austria 2, North Macedonia 1, with just a couple of moments to go, but it's been intense stuff. Action-packed, been a really, really good game, making Gary Caldwell feel old because players that he marked for Scotland... Tried. Tried to mark. It's <laughs> uh, still out there scoring goals for North Macedonia. I was saying, Pandev, he scored the first goal. And out of all the teams that I played against, France and Spain and different teams, he was one of the best players I ever yeah. came up against. He played for Inter Milan. Unbelievable player. Right, I said we were looking for someone who's going to the games tomorrow. In my word, we are finishing on a high. Paul is in Greenock, but tomorrow he'll be at Hamden. How excited are you, Paul? I'm so, so jealous. Sum it up for us. <laughs> I'm quite excited. I'm like a kid at Christmas, to be honest. Honestly, you must be. And I take it you've got tickets because you're a you're a massive Scotland fan. You've been following them for a long time, and that enabled you to get the tickets. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm on twenty points, so I qualified to get tickets for all three games. What was your first Scotland game? Can you remember? Uh, it was just after Argentina, um, nineteen seventy-eight. I was thirteen. I think it was a European qualifier against Norway. Um, I think we won 3-2. That's uh, something. Yeah, so that as, as I remember. So all the tournaments as well, you've been to the lot? Um, I, I was at Euro 96 and I was at the Scotland-Brazil in 98 when Colin led the team out. I was at Aiken. What was that like to yeah. see Colin and his pals coming out in their kilts? Oh, it was... This is what being a Scotland supporter is all about. That's what you want to go to. This is where it all builds up to. And uh, to actually get to a World Cup, be able to tell everybody when they see the, the footage of the Brazil game, I was there, you know. Amazing. Uh, and I was great. You must have been to, you'll, have been to some, you'll have been to some far-flung destinations as well, I'm sure. I've been to quite a few, yeah. I think it's about 30-odd away games. By the way, that's not bad going, Hugh Keevans. 30 away games. Some fancy old places. I, I love the Tallinn in Estonia that was a great was place to go what, uh, one team in yeah uh, uh, I wasn't at that game <laughs> or you don't know what you missed <laughs> you play that game Colin I didn't no I was um, I was injured for that game but I played the retrospective game in Monaco, Monaco yeah. that's yeah. where Big Duncan Ferguson got his rapturous applause for the fans going on the bus not <laughs> after the after the game, big dunk. Must have been a weird. Which experience. was a nil-nil. That was a yeah, that was a pure right. game as well. Honestly, I mean, Ian, the, Paul. I don't know where I'm getting Ian from. Getting my names mixed up tonight, Paul. Why? You know, there must have been a time then. You've been there through all the all the highs, then a lot of lows. Did you think your days of seeing Scotland at a major tournament were done? Um, I wouldn't say that, but you're always living in hope. But after 23 years, you're beginning to wonder when the next one's going to come. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think this lot, then this squad, how does it compare to to what you've seen over the years and are you confident for tomorrow? Um, yeah, I'm very confident tomorrow. Um, the teams over the years, we've had some great teams, some cracking teams and some mediocre that you'll follow them anyway, but more in hope than anything. But um, for this tournament, um, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a good nucleus, a cracking young team and I think uh, this is the future for a few years, this team. 
Yeah, it's a good point. The age profile's pretty good, Colin. I think uh, we had David Weir on the other night. We had Simon Donnelly on as well. Guys that went to France 98, and that, that was a much older older squad. And then that, that parts of that squad have started to kind of break up after the tournament. This lot, they're, they're not young as such. We've got a couple of youngsters. The average age is right bang in the middle, but that still means that we've got a, a, a vast majority of them in what should be their peak peak years. Yeah, I mean, you've <coughs> you've got a good... Uh, basis of a squad I mean you're looking at the players that would mention it's playing in England and then you've on top of that you've got Shea Adams as well who also plays in England he's just come into the four and then you've got the younger ones coming through in, in Gilmore and, and Patterson so it's not a bad thing it's not a bad tip but I mean when you look at it the whole picture of it it's it's a really good situation for Steve Clark although it's a difficult situation for him to be in, because as Hugh said earlier on, and uh, Gary said as well as that, I don't think it's whatever the team is that's named, you could actually give a wow to mm-hmm. Craig. He's actually going to play him. I don't think you've got a player in the squad that you would have that reaction on. Paul, I know us Scots, we're, we're not great at, at showing our emotions, and uh, but some people are different. Will, will you be close to a wee tear when Flower of Scotland rings out at Hamden tomorrow? Oh, I'm in full voice. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, enjoy your day. Like I said, I am so, so jealous. And Hugh, I wonder, I wonder how, how big a moment it will be when it comes around. I think it might be quite an emotional one for a lot of people. For sure. Um, you know, the nostalgia won't get you anywhere. It won't win you the match. It won't lose you the match either. But uh, it will be such a, a nostalgic moment. Uh, people will think, I think myself today, I thought of the people who were with me in the press corps in 1998 in France, good friends of mine who are no longer with us, uh, and all families will be the same. It will be a heavy emotional moment tomorrow, but at two o'clock, it's a football match, and that's what it is, and all it is, is a football match, and Stevie Clark will know tonight who his best 11 will be to start that game. They won't be the 11 who finish the game, but he will also be aware that this game carries a tremendous weight of importance. Yeah, thank you to Paul. Hopefully you enjoy your day. By the way, the winner of the Scotland Retro Top for tonight from Greaves is Stefan from the Gorbals. I think that was the first call on the show. Um, But producer Kalamich assures me that he he did pick it at random. He didn't just pick the first name and sit back for the next three hours. Uh, So well done to Stefan. We'll do the same uh, throughout the coming weeks. Now, I did say we'd finish the show with a song, as always. Bonnie Scotland is tonight's offering from the Purple Doves. I'm delighted to say Brian from the band joins us at the moment. Brian, how's it going? Fine, it's Gordon, is that yourself? That is me. Tell us a little bit about the song and how exciting it was to be able to write one for Scotland at a major tournament. It's fantastic. It's actually, we had written a a sort of Scottish song and we sort of rehashed it and uh, uh, revamped it and it's been on the back burner for quite a while and when we heard you were doing the the show with the songs we thought we'd just pop in and see how we got on Absolutely and um, how much are you looking forward to tomorrow? I'm actually looking really well forward to it and it's fantastic It's it's such such an exciting time Yep. (laughs) Well listen we never know maybe it'll catch on tonight I'm delighted to play it in just a second we will do that let me just round off quickly by thanking Colin and Gary and Hugh we'll all be back here at Drygate tomorrow so looking forward to it. Seriously, this show has just got me even more in the mood. Rest up, the lot of you. Well, you I, lot. Well, I, do I put the face paint on or what? Yes, yeah, everything. Kill face paint. The wig, the wig is okay. The wig's, uh, it's, I'm not a haircut for seven months. The lot, do it. Seriously, rest <laughs> up. tenants tonight. You can have whatever you want. <laughs> rest up, because tomorrow the long wait is over. It'll all be worth it. The 23 years, the near misses, the glorious failures, the disasters, the embarrassments. It'll all be worth it, losing those playoffs, struggling against minnows, all the soul-searching, all the disappointment. It'll all be worth it tomorrow.